It's a brand new season of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. For conversation, information, and revelation, join me, Omar Moore, every day for a brand new edition of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. Politics, news, issues you care about, guests, and commentary. All on the Politocrat Daily Podcast. So please join me for every new episode. Subscribe now. And thank you very much for your support. Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Tuesday, January the 19th, 2021. On this edition of The Politocrat, a conversation with the mayor of Savannah, Georgia, Van Johnson. We'll be talking about the city of Savannah, Georgia, about the state of Georgia, about coronavirus, and about the upcoming inauguration tomorrow of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. All of that, plus my thoughts on Donald Trump out the door in less than 24 hours. Good riddance. That, but the mayor of Savannah, Georgia first. He's coming up right after this. With me on the Politocrat Daily Podcast is Mayor Van Johnson. He is the mayor of Savannah, Georgia. Um, It's an honor to have you on. Thank you for your time and thank you and welcome to the Politocrat Daily Podcast, Mr. Mayor. Thank you so much, and we appreciate the opportunity of being with you this morning. Well, I really am honored by your presence, sir, and um, it's wonderful to have you here. Um, I would love to begin by asking you about Georgia, about Savannah in particular, sir. Um, In terms of the city, for those who aren't aware of Savannah, Georgia, and and, uh, where it's located, could you please spend a few moments talking about your city. And also, I wanted to follow up by asking you about what's going on with the preparations around coronavirus and how that's going as well, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, first of all, everybody should know about Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Savannah, Georgia is the first city in the 13th colony of these United States. Um, We are the first city in Georgia. We're the first capital in Georgia. We were formed on the same day as the state of Georgia. Um, We are strategically and conveniently located um, right off of the I-95 corridor that runs from Miami to Maine. Um, We are uh, about, for proximity's sake, about five minutes from the low country of South Carolina, um, about 45 minutes from Hilton Head uh, to the north, um, about two hours from Jacksonville uh, to the south, um, about two hours from uh, Columbia, I mean, from from uh, uh, Charleston to our north, Columbia is about two hours, two and a half hours to our north. Atlanta is about three and a half to four hours to our uh, northwest. Um, so we're right off of the water. Um, we are uh, the largest city on Georgia's coast. 
We are a city that revels in our history. Um, we are um, the city that um, that General Sherman uh, gave to as a gift. Um, we are the city of the civil rights movement. We are a city um, of, of various history. Um, we are city of first. We have the um, oldest African-American congregation uh, in the North of uh, North America, which is the first African Baptist church is here. The third oldest Jewish synagogue temple Mikveh Israel is here. We are the home of Johnny Mercer. We're the home of um, the birth home of Julie Gordon Lowe, um, who founded the Girl Scouts. We're the home of the movies Glory and Forrest Gump. Uh, Gemini Man, the legend of Bagger of Dance, um, the general's daughter, um, the Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, uh, SpongeBob, and Mad Max. Um, and so we, we are a city um, that has the second busiest port uh, on the East Coast. Um, we are a city that is a home of um, this, the oldest um, African-American public institution in Georgia, Savannah State. Uh, university. We're the home of the largest art school in America, the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, we are the home of the 3rd Infantry Division of our military. I can go on and on and on. We are the home of Paula Dean. We're the home uh, of some of the best food you have ever tasted um, and certainly some of the best weather you will ever see. Um, we, we, we are uh, we're, we're a pretty special place. That's that's really great, uh, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Um, and I and I have to go and visit, first of all. And so do Please. I'm sure a lot of people um, who may not have visited. I'm sure there are a few who haven't. But that's a wonderful way to uh, introduce um, a, a fine city. So thank you for doing it the way you did it. Um, and also, before I continue, congratulations on being named as one of the 100 most influential Georgians as well. That's a that's a nice honor to have as well. How did you know about that? <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> well, your leadership for one, but number two, uh, <laughs> you have it proudly displayed, on, and, and I believe on one of your Twitter accounts. I believe with the official oh, Twitter account okay. um, uh, as well. Yes, yes, I, yeah, I am. Um, you know, it's an honor, um, not for me personally, as much as it is that. Um, it heightens the the level of Savannah. Um, for us, it's important that Savannah matters. Uh, in Georgia, it's always been this dichotomy that existed that if you did not live within the I-285 um, Beltline, which uh, is really Metro Atlanta, that you did not matter. Um, for us, we believe that the coast matters, Savannah matters. And so uh, the fact that I'm influential in Georgia uh, means that Savannah is influential in Georgia, and that's important to me. Wonderful. And of course, as well, um, your father um, had also been mayor, if I'm not mistaken, for three terms. Is that correct? In the same no. city? No. Or am I <laughs> no. completely getting that wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, his name is Otis Johnson. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. Dr. Johnson. You know, it's fine. He was our 64th mayor. Um, I, he's not my father. Oh. Um, but I'm sure, you know, we have the same last name, so uh, it's, it's probable that we're related somewhere down the road. But no, he, he was a um, one of my mentors. I consider him a great friend and ally. Um, I got We got elected to council at the same time in 2004, and so I served with him for two years. He was uh, two terms. He was 
the mayor for eight years. We're term limited here in two terms. Um, so, um, and now he's helping me on a couple of task force we're doing here. So, no, but thank you for, for mentioning him. All right, then I'm sorry about that. I, I, I really do apologize. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm father. so embarrassed. You're the You're the <laughs> okay, um, the thing, I, and 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 being from Brooklyn, New York, I mean, uh, how how do you, um, you your city, Brooklyn, New York, is a city that's also one of the very big ones in America as well as Savannah is. It must be it must be quite something um, being from Brooklyn itself and being the mayor of Savannah. Um, do you get to go back to Brooklyn at all? I mean, you must be very busy, but do you get to travel there? I'm just curious. I do. My mother, my father, my, my siblings, my, my family, my entire nuclear family are still there. My nieces and nephews. So uh, Brooklyn is home, uh, home for me as well. And so I, I go as often as I can. Obviously, I could not go as much last year because of, of COVID. Um, but I remain and maintain uh, close relationships with Brooklyn. Right. Um, let me ask you a bit more now about what's happening here. Obviously, we have a pandemic that has touched the lives of so many millions of people um, around the world, around the country and around Georgia, and um, obviously um, has affected the city of Savannah. Can you talk about um, what's been going on in terms of plans in Savannah, particularly for vaccinations and, and anything else that you might like to share with the audience, please? Sure. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm you know very dissatisfied at how... Georgia has rolled out its vaccines. Um, I think that Georgia could do better. We have not uh, in so many ways. Um, you know, we were the last to close. We were the first to open. Georgia still at this date does not have a statewide mask mandate, despite the fact that the uh, all of the science points to wearing a mask. Our governor refuses to mandate masks, although he strongly recommends masks. Savannah has the first uh, mask mandate in Georgia. We maintain that to this day. However, the governor says that private businesses can decide for themselves whether they want to have masks or not. Um, essentially, what happened with the, the rollout of the vaccine, we knew that we were going to get the vaccine one day. And essentially what has occurred is, is that um, it has been overwhelming. We have more people that want it than we have people to administer it. Um, and some type of supply, supply chain problem um, that the state needs to fix. And so right now we have a lot of people who want the vaccines and not able to get them. We, uh, they basically crashed our uh, infrastructure. So we had to put a pause on it uh, at least for a month or so. Um, so it, it's been extremely challenging for us. Um, we can do better. I've offered whatever help we can do. The city does not, we're not over public health. But I said, if I need to get in a van and drive vaccines over myself, if I have to learn how to give vaccines in order to give them, if you need to use our first responders, whatever we need to do to be a help, this is a critical issue of the day of getting needles in arms, and we need to help make that happen. So although I'm dissatisfied to this point about our rollout from a state level, um, I'm committed to doing what I can to help make it better. Now, that's really great. And I remember uh, you were one of the foremost uh, leaders out front uh, about all of this when the pandemic was just really taking hold. And um, I really do appreciate that you did come out very clearly and issue that mask mandate. A lot of people um, followed thereafter and you were one of the earliest uh, mayors to do so in, in the state. 
So I, I'm really, it's really heartening to know that, um, that you are still keeping the governor's feet to the fire because he has not done um, what he should be doing. And I think the state would quite frankly be a lot better off right now had he done, done something and done it a lot earlier. Absolutely. And I mean, my goal here is not to be able to point fingers. I mean, obviously, this is all uh, very difficult. You know, we, we, you know, none of us are playing by any rules that we have um, experienced before. So, I mean, I recognize that in that tremendous job that he has in front of him. That being said, um, you know, there is science, which is why here in Savannah, we've said that we're going to keep the faith and follow the science. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but we can do what the scientists say to do. And so the fact that the governor has willfully not followed the uh, the science in this matter. I mean, at one point, the White House was even saying, you know, wear a mask, wear a mask. The White House was saying this. <laughs> and yet the governor still said, you know, he was not going to do it. So, I mean, this is the uh, very difficult work and things that are before us. And, you know, I don't know how to handle that, but... You know, it is, you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, at this point, we just have to make it better. Absolutely. A couple more questions um, sure. to ask you, Mr. Mayor, and thank you again. Um, one of them is about the state overall. Now, we've seen a lot of things happen these last uh, two, three months. Joe Biden won the state of Georgia. Um, and also, of course, just a week or two ago, just a week or two say, ago. Say, 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 that, say that again. Uh, I was just saying that Joe, Joe Biden, Biden, Joe Biden won the state of Georgia, right? Yes. <laughs> that means we that means we turned it light blue, right? <laughs> yes. And then something else happened, right? It certainly did. <laughs> and what was that? We had what was that? We had two Democrats winning the the uh, sen the senator races, uh, Ossoff and Reverend Warnock, both winning. Which meant that we were all the way blue then, right? That's right. <laughs> wow! Look at God. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, that was great. No, no. <laughs> that was that was really great. Um, that's where we are. That is, and of course, it was done also in addition um, with the hard work of a lot of uh, people on the ground. We know about Stacey Abrams' uh, tireless work and uh, Latasha Brown's tireless work and a number of other uh, organizations and coalitions uh, that made all of this happen. Can you talk about? Georgia, Georgia, I, as I call it, sweet Georgia blue. <laughs> well, Georgia's on everybody's mind. I think that what has occurred, and I mean, and again, I, I don't need to be as partisan in this case as I am. The fact of the matter was, was that Georgia in a sea of red states exercised an independent mind. Um, and let's be very, very clear. Um, Joe Biden would not have won Georgia. Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff would not have won Georgia if Republicans and independents and libertarians did not also vote for them. Democrats cannot do that by themselves. The numbers are just not there. But I think fortunately what Georgians did that maybe some folks in other states did not do was to look at the totality of our state and look at the totality of our federal government and decide that maybe what we're doing is not working well for us. Maybe we should try something different. And, and essentially, that's what happened. Um, and I want to give um, President uh, Biden the same benefit that I gave to President Trump. I mean, 
honestly, I didn't like the fact that he won, but when he won, he was my president. And I prayed for him to do well because for me to pray for him not to do well is like for me sitting on a plane and praying that the pilot doesn't do well. If the pilot crashes, we all crash. So it was important to me that our country do well. But I think this 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 environment of divisiveness and this um, this this culture of hate and fear mongering and gaslighting, um, people in Georgia really saw then maybe we have an opportunity to give the other guys an opportunity. And again, if they don't do it, then we have the responsibility to vote them out. But to say that things are going okay the way that they were, and then you look at what happened on on the 6th of January, um, and some of them were from Georgia, um, which was sedition in its highest forms. It was mob rule. Um, something you know that has never happened in our country when we were under attack from Americans tells us and really confirms Georgia's independent position that something needed to change. And you mentioned the final thing that I was going to ask you about, so you anticipated me, Mr. Mayor, uh, yes, about, the ter- about the terror attack, the terrorist attack on January 6th. Um, do you have any concerns about tomorrow's inauguration? I must be honest with you. Uh, on this podcast, uh, Mr. Mayor, I've expressed a lot of worry, a lot of worry about tomorrow. Security-wise, the story that, that happened in the Associated Press about defense uh, officials worrying uh, about a possible insider attack. So now all of the FBI, and the FBI is vetting all 25,000 National Guards persons. Um, what are your thoughts on all of this? And, and how are you feeling about tomorrow uh, as we get ready for an historic inauguration of, uh, of the vice president, um, Kamala Harris, who will become the vice president, and the former vice president, Joe Biden, who will become the president? How, what are your thoughts, please, Mr. Mayor? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned as well, but I am confident that um, that things will be fine. Um, D.C. is under lockdown. Uh, at this moment, I'm supposed to be in D.C. for the inauguration. Obviously, I didn't go. It wasn't safe to do so. It wasn't safe to travel. Um, and I had to be more focused on ensuring that our city is, is okay and safe in all of this. Um, so I think we're, we'll be fine. I think cooler heads will prevail. And I think we will be able to uh, you know, move along in what our new reality is. Um, I hope that we do. I hope that we don't have, you know, we really don't have any um, any choice at this point. Um, we have to do better than what we've been doing. And if, you know, uh, Dr. King, who would have turned 92 on Friday, said that, you know, that evil prevails when good men say nothing. And so I believe that the good guys outweigh the bad guys. I believe that there are more people uh, on all sides that are more interested in our form of government, our republic, um, and moving forward. And, you know, I've been in hard, in hard to see individuals across the aisle saying, you know what, this was wrong. We have to do better. And, you know, as though I've been a critic of Mitch McConnell, um, I was pleased that, you know, he seemed to have, you know, he's moving towards, um, you know, moving toward a way that is much more uh, sensible. Absolutely. And of course, um, there's a small matter of a Senate impeachment trial uh, that's coming up, I'm sure, in the next few days. 
Um, your time is tight. I would love to ask you about that and a lot of other things, <laughs> uh, Mr. Mayor, but I know that you're very, very busy doing the great work that you do for the citizenry of Savannah, Georgia. It's been an honor, sir, with me has been the mayor of Savannah, Georgia, the 67th mayor, by the way. Mayor Van Johnson, what an honor. Thank you so much, sir, for being here on the Politocrat Podcast. No, thank you. The honor is all mine. And, and please, if I could ever um, be on, I, I would love to do so and appreciate your hospitality. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, it would be great to have you back. Uh, have a good day. Be safe there, sir. And uh, to all of those in Savannah, Georgia, uh, all the warm wishes and best wishes, too, for this brand new year. And you and your family, too, sir. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Very special thanks once again to the 67th mayor of Savannah, Georgia, Mayor Van Johnson. Thank you very much for coming on, sir. Really appreciated having the mayor on to talk about Savannah, Georgia and about Georgia. And of course, the outlook now that we are just literally a few hours away from the swearing in of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris amidst extremely tight security at the U.S. Capitol building. Now there's a brand new web page, especially for this podcast. The Politocrat Daily Podcast can now be found on thepolitocrat.com. A brand new page that centralizes all of the places that you can listen to this podcast, the major platforms, and many others at thepolitocrat.com. Lots of content that you can see there right now and every single day. So subscribe now to the Politocrat Daily Podcast and make sure you visit thepolitocrat.com. Thank you. Welcome back. No honor, no morals, no dignity, no decency, no leadership, no caring, no love, no justice. There are a lot of no's that I could rattle off. Just as Mayor Johnson in the previous segment was speaking about the great things in the city of Savannah, Georgia, the city that he is mayor of. And literally, he really could have gone on for another 20 minutes. I mean, totally. He absolutely spelled out for people who aren't familiar with Savannah. Um, For those of you who have not been or who are not familiar with Savannah, Um, He spelled out a lot of really, um, a lot of things about the great city that he is mayor of. I am doing the opposite when it comes to Donald J. Trump, who I hope is soon to be prosecuted and put in handcuffs. In fact, 
he can be put in handcuffs for so many different reasons. This is a man who has not been accountable. He has not been accountable at any point in his life. He has been impeached twice. In fact, not only just twice, but twice in the space of less than 400 days. This is someone who caused the deaths of now over 400,000 people in the United States of America from coronavirus due to his lies, due to his lack of response, calculated as it was, obviously, and his continuous deceptions and lies. He was telling Bob Woodward in February of last year, during which time he had just been acquitted of impeachment, two days after that, told the truth for a book that he wanted to look good in, while at the same time lying to you, to me, to everyone out there that this virus was somehow not to be concerning, not to worry about it, not to be concerned about, oh, it's, it's going to go away by April. Here we are now, almost a year later, and this virus has killed over 400,000 people in the United States. So that is what is going on. And I can go down the list of all the things that Donald J. Trump did or didn't do that has contributed to the deaths of so many people in the United States. I can talk about the caging of children, the deaths of children down south of the border in concentration camps. I can talk about the lies that he told about so many different things, over 30,000 lies. I can talk about the bounties that Putin put on the heads of American soldiers and Donald Trump turned the other way, never once challenged Putin about it, never once talked about it to Vladimir Putin. I can talk about when Donald Trump said things about the military that they were losers and suckers. These are Americans who fought for their country. Some of them died for their country. I can talk about him endlessly berating people who fought and died for this country. And while they are no longer on this planet, like John McCain and John Dingle, I can talk about how he's disrespected another John named John Lewis. John Lewis, who of course was a congressman in the state of Georgia. I can talk about the way he's been a misogynist pig for the last 50, 60 years of his life. And particularly in the last four years and his misogyny and misogynoir and his racism. I can talk about how he denigrated American cities like Baltimore, for example. I can talk about how he called countries, shithole countries, African countries, calling Haiti that as well. Haiti, of course, is not far off of the, uh, off of Florida, not far, that far away. I can talk about how he neglected Puerto Rico, which is known as the 51st state, 
and has American citizens. I can talk about how he disrespected the governor there, how he disrespected the mayor of San Juan. I can talk about how he threw paper towels. Like he was throwing candy. This is in the middle of a hurricane. He's visiting, uh, and there was Hurricane Maria at the time in 2017. And how 3,000 people died. Basically because of him. And because of his non-action. Supplies were being loaded up and they were just sitting in airport hangars and airport strips. When people needed them, bottles of water, food. And instead, he's denigrating the mayor of San Juan. I can talk about when he said of Charlottesville that there were good people on both sides. One side being Nazis and Klan. After a young woman by the name of Heather Heyer had been murdered by some white racist. And that he had to issue at least three statements. How many statements does it take to get a simple, simple statement correct about what happened in Charlottesville in 2017? And that you had to put out at least three, at least three statements about Charlottesville, Virginia. And then you would then talk about what you really felt when you were at the rallies. And then when you were put in front of a teleprompter, you sounded like you were drunk or on Adderall. I mean, I can go down the list and tell you about these last four years. But you really don't want me to traumatize you in that way and add to the trauma that you, most of you, have been suffering over these last four years. Not to mention the coronavirus, as I have talked about, and his refusal, certainly for the most part still today, to fully apply the Defense Production Act, the DPA, which should have been applied immediately to help people, to save people's lives. Instead, there were PPE shortages, and they still are shortages around the country. You've got doctors and nurses and other frontline healthcare workers really still flying blind. You've got 18.6 tons of PPE equipment that almost a year ago now was shipped to China, while here in the United States, there was still a profound shortage of equipment that would save lives of those who are trying to save lives. People with garbage bags and hefty bags and Jason hockey masks and Halloween masks for protection. Can you imagine being a doctor and that's what you're using? People reusing masks that were three days old, five days old, because there's no more masks and they are having to treat patients with coronavirus who are literally dying before their very eyes in these hospitals. And they're using the same mask 
and you've had what now hundreds of healthcare workers die and Donald Trump allowed it to happen i can go on about how he behaved in summit after summit after summit embarrassed himself embarrassed the country on the world stage going to the united nations and and making a speech where the world leaders literally laughed in his face i can talk about the monstrosity of the helsinki summit in 2018 when he got on the stage in front of vladimir putin and the entire world and said mr putin is very very strong about this and you know there's no reason to believe that he's lying about this and you know i trust uh, mr putin on this and the united states is foolish we've all been foolish i can go back to that and some of you have forgotten about that that was in 2018 in helsinki in helsinki finland where he actually called his own country foolish can you imagine you are a world leader or supposed to be and you are supposed to be leading the united states of america and you are saying that the united states has been foolish you're saying that out loud in front of an adversary who is also a leader in the world vladimir putin and you're saying that publicly in front of an entire press corps and the world that is watching you live and you throw the US intelligence agencies under the bus you fire everybody you throw in Johnny come latelys who have never had experience in anything and you call them acting this and acting that you try to run the white house as a reality tv show but instead you have a death cult which you created you sir are a scumbag you're not even a sir you're a disgrace there are so many other things the racism the misogyny as i've said the indifference the laziness played more golf than than he ever played than he ever did work never worked a day in his life and did nothing for this country nothing donald trump is a national global disgrace he committed crimes while he was in office and he's going to be prosecuted for a lot of those crimes particularly in the state and city of new york he has rape allegations that he's facing egene carroll and her attorneys are very strenuously um making sure that he faces a strenuous strenuous legal battle and that is the least of what he should be facing the whole thing with jeffrey epstein oh he just magically disappeared he ended his own life did he now you got Jelaine Maxwell or Jislaine or whatever you want to call her whatever her name is will she end up the same way that Epstein Jeffrey Epstein did there's so many disgusting things filthy disgusting things and this guy was a fascist he was a fascist he was absolutely marching to the tune of Mussolini 
and Hitler. He was marching to that drum. This authoritarian, dictatorial figure was clearly marching in that direction. Even the logos for the campaign for 2020 resembled that of the Third Reich insignia. It was not an accident. More terror attacks in this country under his watch, more racist attacks and and barrages, poisoning and infecting the country, which has obviously long been infected by hatred and systemic racism. And of course, the whole DNA of the United States is that way. And even on this level, Donald Trump managed to poison the well because everything he touches as rich as Rick Wilson wrote turns to crap. Everything he touches dies. That's what the title of that book was by Rick Wilson. He of the Lincoln Project. Nobody will miss Donald Trump except the people who stormed the Capitol two weeks ago in a terrorist attack on this country. An attack on you, an attack on me, attack on all of us, an attack on every one of us, an attack on this country at large. This was no riot. This was a very carefully planned, orchestrated, well-financed, tactical operation of terrorism. You had Congress people tweeting out the location of where Speaker Pelosi's office is. You've got congresspersons bringing guns. Come on, folks. Those are the only people, and the racists and the misogynists, those are the people who are going to be missing Donald Trump when he exits stage left. He doesn't have any decency. And why was anybody expecting him to formally concede? He has never, I don't care what people say about a video or about anything else. He was forced, by the way, to make that video last week. He was literally forced. He didn't want to. This guy doesn't mean what he says. He's a liar. You know that. Pathological liar. A malignant narcissist. This guy lied and lied and lied. Oh, the election stolen. It was never stolen. He was trying to steal it. Twitter finally banned him. I wish they had thought about doing so at least four years ago. Facebook is still banning him currently. I hope they make that a permanent ban as well. There cannot be a place for somebody like this in our society with power like this. You have now seen four years of where that leads. And if it wasn't for you and many of you listening and people you know who thought it important to get up and vote and do so in the numbers that I was calling for and many others were calling for to drown out Donald Trump and make sure that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would get to the day that they're going to get to tomorrow to be sworn in. 
even with all the security concerns that I have, that you have. And I really do hope tomorrow goes off with a hitch. Without a hitch, excuse me. I hope that tomorrow goes off without a hitch. Um, I'm still concerned. But if it wasn't for you, all of you, who voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we would be down an irretrievable road right now. We would be absolutely, not only down an irretrievable road, but we would certainly be seeing naked fascism in this country. And this country has long been a fascist country. It's had roots here for a long time. I know people don't want to look at that and people would like to say no, but it's been here for a long time. Donald Trump would have been open about it. And if you think that he would have left after a second term, you're not only mistaken, just look at the last couple of months. That's proof enough that he wouldn't have left after a second term was up. Just look at these last two months. These last two and a half months. This last six months. This last 12 months. This guy did not intend to leave. And had he actually won, we really would be in quite a mess in this country. Not that we haven't been before, because we sure have been. Arguably in far worse messes than this. But what I am talking about is the infrastructure of government would have completely been destroyed. And in some ways, he and Mitch McConnell in particular, who I think has done even more lasting damage, would have been the culprits for this. Mitch McConnell has to take a bow. I hope he's happy with the destruction that he has caused to the U.S. Senate and to the way it does business. It will be good to see Chuck Schumer in the next day or two becoming the new Senate Majority Leader. It will be a breath of fresh air. But there is still lots to be done. Same thing with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris who will be making history tomorrow as well as the first female vice president the first female to be sworn in to that high office and the first black woman and the first South Asian woman. This is a proud moment and I pray for both the safety of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden as the inauguration will be taking place tomorrow. Of course, tomorrow will be devoted to the inauguration on this podcast I just want to say now to Donald Trump and his family and to the whole administration, good riddance. I look forward to all of these people being prosecuted. And I hope that the Biden Justice Department, Merrick Garland, of course, who leads the department, who soon will, should he be confirmed as Attorney General, and Vanita Gupta and Kristen Clark, and uh, I believe Lisa Cardona. I'm sorry, I forget her last name. That is not her last name. 
But I just hope that all of them make the decision to go after that administration, which is a criminal enterprise, and go after that Trump family, Ivanka, Jared, all of them, Don Jr., Eric, all of them. They all need to be prosecuted. Donald, everybody, the lot. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.